y'all. Welcome back to the Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. And today I have an awesome conversation with three women who have all been competing in the sport of powerlifting. They all have different jobs. They all have a lot going on with their lives, but they take the time to focus on powerlifting because they love the sport. And we really get to dive into how powerlifting has positively impacted their life, how they feel about um, influencers who post powerlifting tips and techniques. We talk about what they wish they saw more of on social media how their expectations of themselves have changed as lifters now that they've been in the sport for a period of time and more. It's a good conversation, guys. And my favorite thing about it is these three women have been working their butts off to get stronger and chip away meat after meat. And they're people who are living everyday lives. They're not full-time coaches. They're not like the strongest number one in the world. But they still have a lot to say and a lot we can learn from. So before we dive into today's episode, going to talk to y'all about girls who powerlift apparel because y'all, if you want to look good in the gym, if you want to look cute, if you want to have that nice shirt that has sayings on them, all about lifting. If you want to have the cute high-waisted leggings with the pockets, girl, girl, I love pockets. I love pockets on my leggings. They have singlets. They have wrist wraps. They have most of what you need. If you're a female powerlifter, go ahead and click the link in the show notes to grab some girls who powerlift apparel and support me as well. Also, if you're looking for some pre-workout, 110% is my absolute favorite, and I stand by them 110% because their flavors are delicious. The ingredients are excellent quality. It is, of course, third-party tested, so if you are competing in drug-tested divisions, you will be good, and it's just great quality stuff, man. I use it. I post about it all the time. It's literally the only pre-workout that I use, so if you want some good pre-workout, use code Solana, save yourself 10%, get some delicious tasting pre-workout that's going to get you focused for your training. If you're looking for Leflar Bros apparel, you have come to the right place because we are now affiliated with Leflar Bros. They are dropping some awesome t-shirt designs. Their designs are really cool, y'all. I use their comp tee. I've competed with their comp tee a few times now, and they are about to actually drop a brand new design really soon, and it's a really cool one. Um, it, it is run by CB. He's an awesome guy who's really loves the sport of powerlifting and wants to help the sport grow. So if you want to get some awesome, cool design t-shirts, ones that you can compete with on the platform and just wear to look cool around your friends, <laughs> go ahead and use code Solana15. Save yourself 15% off of your Left Live Rose apparel and support another awesome company that's all about helping people get stronger in the sports of powerlifting. And lastly, y'all, I now I now have a new support link in the show notes at the very bottom. If y'all would like to help out with the podcast and subscribe for paying whatever you like to help me get some new equipment, y'all, I appreciate that. But if you're just here to listen and learn, that's okay too. 
Go ahead and click, check out the show notes after this episode so you can see what we got going on down there. All right, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. All right, so I am super stoked for today's podcast. This is the second time I've had more than one person I'm talking to at once, so (laughs) I'm excited about it, but y'all, we're going to talk today about how powerlifting has changed our lives, and I have three awesome women on, and we're going to introduce ourselves. Let's start with Amy. Amy, who are you? How old are you? How long have you been lifting, and what do you do for a living? Um, my name is Amy Schmidt. I am 34 for the moment, and I've been lifting for about five years. I am a math professor by trade and a gardener uh, for fun. And you do a little coaching. I think you're dabbling in coaching. Uh, yes, I am also working on, you know what they say about having multiple streams of income and all that good stuff. And how cool would it be to get paid to do something that I like do for fun? Um, so I'm definitely beginning to build my coaching clientele as well. So if you're looking, I know some stuff. Yes. Shameless plug. All right. Let's go with Winnie. Uh, my name is Winnie Abramson and I am 51. Uh, and uh, I've been lifting since I, I started sort of via CrossFit in 2013 and then switched to powerlifting. So I guess that's eight nine-ish years almost seems like a very long time yeah (laughs) I am a nutrition coach of sorts um not your typical nutrition coach I would say at this point in time and I'm in a life coaching and certification program so kind of melding nutrition food stuff with life coaching how long you been doing that which one <laughs> I guess. Well, I know I knew you were nutrition coaching. So how long have you been nutrition coaching? And then when did life coaching kind of starts combining? So <laughs> I have a long and storied history in the nutrition and health field, uh, which I won't, won't get into all of it. But uh, nutrition coaching, like typical nutrition coaching, I was actually working for a company for the past uh, four or five years. I left there at the beginning of this year because um, I wanted to do my own thing. And I have just have a different way of, of working with people um, who really maybe fall outside the typical needs of like a macro type style of nutrition coaching. So uh, I wanted to be able to just broaden the way I coach people around food and eating um, and body weight and stuff. Um, so I've been doing my own coaching since the beginning of this year. And started the life coaching program last fall, which I'll finish up with this summer. That's so cool. Thank you. All right, Maria. I am Maria Doheny. I am 54. And I um, have been, I, I was introduced to strength and conditioning, like that kind of lifting in 2016. And then I switched over to powerlifting probably just two years ago, maybe a little, little more, but specifically like really focusing on powerlifting two years ago. And um, I have been a stay at home mom my entire life. And then I just started doing um, in-person nutrition coaching as a result of my own journey, you know, like it 
you get interested in this stuff and then you get excited like oh, i want to help everybody so that's where i'm at i've only been doing that for a year and how many kids do you have maria i have six children and two grandchildren <laughs> so yeah cool. so yes they kept me busy i used to um homeschool like i was the full-on stay-at-home mom um embraced it loved it that was my career i was all about it I, I really loved it i still do i miss it i have my youngest is 13 so i'm hanging on to that and my grandchildren live um two hours away so it's not like i can hang out with them every day or i certainly would <laughs> i know they live near me yeah like they live probably five minutes from my house right right <laughs> <laughs> and didn't you also tell me that like you took care of other people's kids when you were younger too like yes like, you I were had just, like the take care person like <laughs> yeah yeah I did I mean other people would ask me they just assumed since I had a lot of kids I like them which I do I do um and because I was homeschooling they're like oh can you just toss my kids in there so I did I did watch a couple kids um mostly I would always watch kids with for moms that worked full time and really needed support in some way or another, a multitude of ways. Um, yeah, like single moms going to college or my neighbor, she had three kids and she just working full time would pay so much in daycare, it would be dumb to work full time. So, uh, you know, I'm cheap help. <laughs> you should I, have I been in business. Yeah, I know, but it's it's a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh, crazy. Okay, six children. Anyway, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. So the first thing I want to dive into. So obviously, powerlifting has. Oh, by the way, Maria's been competing in powerlifting since August of 2021. So eight months. Right. So Love everyone that. knows. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So I want to start with just how powerlifting has positively impacted your life and it doesn't just have to be like physically it can be how it's affected your life in a way outside of just literally you being physically stronger so let's start with Amy like what's like the number one thing do you feel powerlifting has done for you if I had to pick one and only one thing I would say confidence um, I hesitate to say that because we all say that, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, a lot of us will say powerlifting has given us confidence outside of the gym um, because it's true. <laughs> it just it just works out that way. Um, yes, I am a more confident person in all aspects of life based off of my experiences from powerlifting. So like, how are you more confident outside of the gym though? Like how are you more confident besides the fact that you at one point they lived in 135 and that is like a way higher number on the bar? Oh, that's a good question. Like, how did it happen? Um, it probably happened in a couple of different ways. One, becoming physically stronger, like making a concerted effort because Obviously, it takes a physical effort as well as a mental effort to get stronger. Um, you know, making that effort and then making progress, especially when we're newer to the sport, you know, we make progress and we see ourselves get stronger. That made me very, very confident in the gym. And then somehow that confidence just carried over to the rest of my life. 
um, because it was just such a strong feeling. Um, it probably also uh, contributed to my life confidence in the sense that powerlifting has taught me I can do things that I never thought I could do. Um, fun fact, just to put that in perspective to tell you what I mean. I once found a little note to myself what my lifelong powerlifting goals were. Now, I wrote this little note to myself when I was, I don't know, a three-month-old powerlifter. So my perspective is like infinitesimally small and way out of whack. At the time, I think I benched like 135 and my lifetime bench goal was 185. Friends, I bench 237 now. So that was wildly inaccurate. <laughs> so it taught me that I can do way more than I think I can. Um, but it also humbled me too, because let me just tell you the squat number I put in that list, I still haven't hit it. Um, <laughs> my lifetime goal was to squat 315 and I'm not there yet. Um, and at the time I only squatted like 190. Um, so a lot of these lessons that are like lifting specific as far as like, look, I, I worked really hard at something and I have something to show for it or these humbling lessons or these pers you know, these perspective lessons, like you can do more than you think you can do. All of those things that I experienced in a powerlifting setting somehow translated into my day-to-day -day life too. Like something that I thought, oh man, I couldn't do that. I'm like, well, let me just try <laughs> with intent for a sufficient amount of time and maybe I can do something that I think I can't. That's I my best guess that. as to how that carried over into life, but I, I couldn't tell you for certain exactly how that happened. It just did. Well, it's so cool because, you know, I can totally relate to that as well. Probably has definitely eased over or what's the word, poured over into other parts of my life. That's not just why I lived in the gym. So Winnie, how has it seriously impacted your life in and outside of the gym. So if Amy hadn't said confidence, I might've said that too, but I won't say the same thing. Um, but I've, I've, I definitely feel it. Um, I think it's given me the opportunity to just challenge a lot of narratives I had about myself for the first 40 some odd years of my life. Um, Cause it, you know, I started lifting when I was, <clears throat> I guess, 43 ish, 40, 43 competing at 44. I think for most of my life, I did not think of myself as an athlete. Um, I don't have an athlete background. I mean, I did gymnastics when I was younger. I did karate with my kids when they were young, but I never took anything seriously. And I never thought I was an athlete. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I just thought of myself as someone who engaged in exercise because it was like what you're supposed to do, but I didn't derive any, didn't mean anything to my identity, the types of activities I, I engaged in. And powerlifting has really become part of my identity. And it's like, I don't know, when you do it for a while and then you're like, wait, this is just who I am. I, I, I can't imagine not doing it. Um, so part of, so I guess challenging that narrative around being an athlete, uh, challenging the narrative about just being strong. Like, I think I just always thought of myself as like, not just physically weak, but mentally weak. Um, and, and I now think of myself as a pretty, you know, very different person with a lot of strength 
in uh, all, like just my whole being is much different type of person. Um, like I can do hard things. And I uh, recently went through something very difficult with uh, one of my kids and just, you know, I think like if that had happened 10 years ago, I don't, I don't know how I would have handled it. It would have been different, I think. Um, now I just feel like I can handle anything. And yeah, I think I could go on and on about just, just, it's just given me the opportunity to see myself in an entirely different way. And it's weird to think that just like, you know, handling a barbell can do that for you, but <laughs> it does. I think we all feel it. Winnie, how old are your kids? How many kids do you have? I have two. I have a 20 year old daughter and a 23 year old son. So they're, you know, technically out of the house, but still very much a part of my life. You know, I think uh, Maria can probably relate, but I think, I'll, you know, I, I had this vision like, oh, my kids are going to, I'm going to be an empty nester and every, you know, <laughs> every, I'm never going to have to worry about my kids again, but it's just not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, one big reason I'm asking you that is, you know, you start lifting, you said, I know it's been eight years. So way after you had kids. So like, I'm yeah. just curious, like, was it weird for you to get into lifting? I'm just assuming that your friends near your age were not super into lifting. So was it like weird for you to get into lifting when people around you were not? And did you maybe have a, a narrative in your mind that like you were at an age where you shouldn't bother trying to get stronger? Did that ever cross your mind or? You know, it's hard to remember how I felt at the time because it's been so long. But I think at the time, I don't know, I was like driving down the street one day and I I, I like saw this friend of mine and obviously we weren't having a conversation while I was driving. I, I, it must have happened some other way, but I remember running into a friend of mine and she was like, I just joined this CrossFit gym. You should check it out. It's really fun. And I was like, what's CrossFit? Like, I literally didn't even know. And I'd never really touched a barbell before. Like I never had any history of training for any sports before or anything like that. But she's like, you should check it out. It's super fun. It's near your house. So like I go to the CrossFit gym and it turned out that there were some people, like I live in a small town. There's some people there I knew from other places in my life there. Um, and I, and it just, it just became like my, I think community is the other part. I would say that in the, the way that powerlifting has positively affected my life. So from that moment of like the people that I met in that gym, the CrossFit gym, and then, you know, I switched to powerlifting soon after, but still in that gym. And I've, I've gone to a lot of different gyms over the years too, for a lot of different reasons. Um, but I've met so many people and, and I will be the first one to say, I, I'm really shy and I don't have a big online presence and I don't, I don't engage in the online community of powerlifting that much, but I do engage in the in-person community of like the gyms I go to, the meets I go to, the people I've met at meets that I stay in touch with. Like I have a few very close friends. So I think um, you're, I didn't really answer your question, but certainly I didn't, I definitely felt like I was doing something different than most of my friends at the time. Um, and I think I, I sort of veered into a different direction in terms of the new friends I made and stuff like that. Cause my interests changed. Ugh, that so makes sense. Cool. It does make sense. Yeah. Maria. What was the question? Is the guy about, <laughs> about to say it again? It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like how has palette things seriously impact your life both in and outside the gym? And then I'll definitely also go in with you. Like, as starting older, yeah. was it weird for you and your friend group? Yeah, yep. Definitely the confidence. 
I mean, that just goes without saying, I feel like, um, because that, that is a common, like that's, that's the great equalizer for everybody. You know, we all come in to doing this for different reasons or whatever, but I think we all just develop this confidence that happens. And then for me, not ever really having any and then getting a big healthy dose. <laughs> so yeah, that spiraled a little bit out of control. But um, <laughs> I would say the biggest change that powerlifting has, powerlifting has given me is I lean into fear now. I mean, that when I was thinking about this question, all these things came up so much. And, um, you know, I was, I was talking to my husband. I'm like, I got to shorten this up because I'll talk forever. And really what it is, is I lean into fear now. And when I was homeschooling, we used to go on all these field trips, right? This was before the day of, even GPS. <laughs> um, so I used to call my dad and have him tell me how to get to places, but I would be a nervous wreck. Like I was very fearful of just driving to a field trip. Okay. Really fearful. Um, and still carried that fear with a lot of things. And even to walk into that women's strength and conditioning group, the very first class, like, I, you know, I was petrified, but I did it. And um, being the <laughs> being the least out of shape and the heaviest one there caused a lot of fear. Um, but I did it, and I kept coming back. So moving into even competing, like I just had, like like you said, um, the story I was telling myself: I'm too old. I'm really overweight. All these things. Um, so just setting those aside and facing that fear and going through it anyway, and just trying it anyway, that, that's what has really changed for me. And it's allowed me to share myself with others in a way that I never would. Like I am someone who shrinks and hides. I'm quiet. You know what I mean? Like I just, I have a lot of thoughts going on. And I don't say too much. And now, I mean, I walk into the gym and I think they're all, they all roll their eyes like, oh my God, here she is. Because I am like, woo, you know, like <laughs> I have turned into that person. I have. <laughs> I the other way though. it has changed me very quickly. I have this sense of competitiveness that I have never experienced. I also was not an athlete. I used to run because, you know, I always ran. It was just something I did with my dad. So I used to run. But then when I got more into running, it was like, oh, I want to lose weight. Um, but it was never a competitive thing. And I don't know when the turn happened that I'm starting to have these competitive thoughts and I share them with my husband, who's been a high school athlete and everything. He's like, yeah, that's kind of normal. I'm like, really? Because it's a, it's a tricky balance between ego and competitiveness. And I have to I'm still figuring that out with all this big shot of confidence that has occurred over the last couple of years. <laughs> so okay, there's so a long here's, answer. 
No, I loved it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask another question. And I'm going to reverse the order. And then Amy, I'm going to slightly change the question for you. Okay. Um, so Maria, six kids. Okay. You start lifting. You get really into it. New confidence. I know they've had to notice. I've met your family. Oh my God. The way they cheer for their mom. When she hit that yeah. G14 to me, I almost cried. I think your daughter cried. <laughs> so like, how do you feel like you're inspiring your kids? Have they said anything to you about your new confidence? Do you feel like you're leading your family in a new way? Just how has it affected your immediate family? I think first, they're all very amused by it. Okay. There is that. <laughs> um, one year they got me a birthday cake and it said, happy birthday meathead, because that is the way I was behaving around the house. I'm not even exaggerating. Total bro meathead is the way I was acting. I still kind of do. Um, so they are very amused by it, but I, they do seem to like get genuinely excited and, and seem to notice. And I'm very, I was very accustomed to just being the mother and being unnoticed. And I don't mean to say that in a, a negative way. It just comes with the job. Um, so, and, and in anyone's defense, like, I, I chose to, to do that too, um, be unnoticed. Um, so for now, for me to step into this, I think it took some adjustment to get used to me being so present and taking up space as the girls who power lift shirts say, but you know, they're not, they're not used to that. Now they are. And I think they, I think they like it. I don't know if they're inspired. I'd have to ask them, but my, my youngest daughter, Elena, definitely is. She's always given me props. She's always, she's always. Is she the one? Is she the one who was like, who I talked to a lot? Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she's my biggest fan. <laughs> so yes, I, I hope that I hope that I've inspired them, if not to lift or, or be fit or healthy, but just to lean into what they're afraid of being and just try to be it anyway. That's what I really hope for them. I really do. I'm going to cry because that's what I really hope for them. <laughs> that's incredible. You know what it is too? I think for me, like as someone who's been in a family where like no one in my immediate family like really is into exercising, I've always wondered what it would have been like if like yeah. it was reversed and I got that inspiration from my family. So mm -hmm. I tried to be an inspiration. I think I failed at it. They still don't lift, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so I think I do, I really I do have those that. thoughts too. Like I do wish, uh, I wish I had been this example when they were young, but you know, we can't live in the wishing. Got to live exactly. with the, what's happening. So many, two kids in their twenties, same thing because you started lifting only eight years ago. So they were already like teens at that point. So like, how has your lifting and your newfound confidence kind of immediately affected your direct family? And do you feel like you've inspired your kids or they have a different view of you since you started powerlifting? It's a good question. I think just like I can't remember myself before lifting, I, I think that my kids probably can't really remember what I was like before it either. And I think they more just think of it as like, that's something that mom just does. I will not say that my family has like comes to every meet or anything like that because they don't. Uh, honestly, my husband has been to like one meet and I've competed in well over 15. It's just, 
it's not his thing. And I think I learned early on that, like having an expectation that my family needed to show up for me, for me to feel like it was worthwhile. I, I had to let go of that. This is more about me. And I do a lot of things alone with lifting. I spend a lot of time lifting at home, um, even though I belong to a gym for various reasons. So, and I like, I really actually like enjoy training by myself. I have a coach, but as of this date, well, hopefully this will change when I do the powerlifting American nationals, but my coach has never handled me a meet. I often handle myself. Um, a lot of my powerlifting journey has been about like my ability to take care of myself. And, um, so while my family supports me, I wouldn't like, they don't show up for me like at meets and stuff. So, but I think they support me in other ways, smaller ways, daily encouragement and just um, being impressed with my consistency, if that makes sense. Um, my kids do, do tell me that, you know, they're, they're, they're proud of me. Everyone's like proud of me for sticking with it. Um, my husband has started lifting because I lift. Um, <laughs> yay. Uh, and my son has dabbled in lifting. Like he's actually very strong. He's currently uh, very into rock climbing. Okay. So that's more his thing. Um, and my daughter, I'm still very hopeful that she will start lifting. I think she'd really benefit from it. Um, it's not her thing yet, but does that answer uh, the question? It totally answers Sorry. the question. I was going to ask you, I was like, are they into doing any lifting or anything like that? But, you know, just the fact that they're doing other stuff. First of all, you got your husband to lift. Like, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. We have an interesting dynamic. He doesn't, we don't like to share the home gym at the same time. <laughs> like That's fair. We switch, we like switch. <laughs> it's like, are you going to be there? Okay. I'm not going to be in there then. Like we just do sort of do our own thing in there, um, for various reasons. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely inspired him to, to start and, and make it part of his, you know, exercise habit. So that feels good. Awesome. And I try okay, and get so my, my parents actually to, you know, to do some strength training too. They're older and, um, they they actually have shown up to more of my meets than than my husband and my kids, um, which is cute. That's incredible. I will say one thing about me. Um, so y'all, I'm 25, and my mom has only ever missed one powerlifting meet. I've probably done 15. Only missed one. She had to. My dad had surgery, like serious spinal surgery, could not walk. So like she was, and she almost came anyway. <laughs> I was like, mom, if you come with me to Arnold, that's going to be <laughs> on the floor crawling. Um, so I will just say it's so cool that like your parents are at the meet with you because my mom being at my meet is the reason we're close. Um, we were not really super close when I was growing up, but powerlifting has me as close. It's just lift. Cool. She just comes to meet. <laughs> that's cute. My yeah, my mom and my stepdad came to I did, uh, I, I did a short stint in USPA and I, you know, IPL stuff last year and my mom came out to the, um, the IPL worlds and that was the first time she came to a meet and now she's going to come to powerlifting American nationals also. So. Amazing. Okay. Amy. So I'm going to switch question for you a little bit because I know you don't have children, right? I'm right about that. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let me make sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you yeah, are totally. married <laughs> you are married and also you have friends. So has your lifting affected your relationship with your husband in a positive way at all? 
I don't know if he lives or not. I met him one time. He was cool. He said hi. And um, also, has it like in any way influenced your friends around you who you're close with or your family as in your parents? Um, first question, as far as John is concerned, he, uh, let's see, he did start doing more powerlifting style training because, well, quite frankly, I became obsessed and he, he lived with someone that was obsessed with it. And mm -hmm. for a couple of years, it, uh, you know, he was very supportive and didn't particularly take an interest in barbell training himself. Um, he has barbell trained in the past, um, you know, in high school, he was really, really into lifting and, um, in college he did, you know, plenty of lifting as well. Um, and when I was beginning my powerlifting journey, he was actually at a phase in life when work was just all consuming and he didn't have the luxury of pursuing a new interest like that. Um, but after a couple of years of living with someone who is obsessed with powerlifting and like making life choices around powerlifting and he has to coexist and live with it, live through it with me. Um, you know, the old expression, can't beat him, might as well join him. <laughs> um, so he, he's been powerlifting training for two or three years now. Um, and that's really cool. It's really great that we can share that together. Um, and it's really great that he's always been supportive, even when it was not something that he was interested for himself. And I know that there are some, particularly women, out there that don't have that. And I try not to take that for granted. Uh, because I know that that's really special and not everyone has it. So it's definitely, you know, a, not, an enjoyable component of my relationship with him. It's great that we now share this. Um, he's also taking um, steps towards becoming a trainer and or a coach. And so it's super fun because we're, we're both math PhDs, fun fact. Um, so we are hyper nerds. Like we are overly analytical overthinkers. My coach Sam will tell you that the, for the first couple years, I was the worst client because I wouldn't stop paralyzing myself with analysis the you know the the cliche and analysis uh, paralysis by analysis um but it's fun for us because you know we're cut from that same sort of like mental cloth so since we're both pursuing potential coaching careers now we get to bounce off each other the various things that we're learning and ideas that we're having and whatnot so it's it's fun that we can really dive deep into it together and always have each other to bounce ideas off of. I was just looking over a program with him last night that he was thinking about um, hypothetically, would this work well for him? So that was cool. Um, as far as it in, um, influencing my family, uh, no, zero. <laughs> um, and that's probably at least 50% my fault because I am definitely the kind of person that obsesses. When I find something that, you know, piques my interest, it has 100% of my attention. Um, and so that's actually really annoying to live with sometimes. <laughs> and I might have actually harbored resentment towards lifting because I'm like, no, mom. We can't go out for Mexican tonight. I have to make weight in a month. Um, now that, <laughs> for those of you that know, that's actually a false statement. I was just naive at the time, um, but things like that. So no, they, my family hasn't taken an interest in lifting, but I'll tell you what, if they ever do, I will be right there by their side. Um, and let's see, what was the third part of the question, Solana? I forgot. 
It was kind of the same thing, but like, has it influenced any of your close friends? Oh, um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, so my pre-powerlifting friends, uh, no, because once again, I am almost obnoxiously obsessive when I first really <clears throat> get excited about something. So they're like, goodness gracious, Amy, shut up. We don't care what you squatted today. Um, but as far as new friendships, absolutely. Um, I even have an adopted sister, um, thanks to powerlifting. <laughs> um, so my, my friends, my friends circle has definitely grown, uh, due to powerlifting. My team, Team Sam Strong is actually known nationwide at this point for how deep we roll. Like we're, we're a tight familial group. Um, if you go to any national level meet, you'll probably hear us and or see us making a ruckus because Sam Calhoun will be competing and we will let you know that we are there and she's going to win. Um, so yeah, definitely the community sense has, has been, um, has grown for me personally in my friendships and within the powerlifting community, which I think Winnie or Maria touched on earlier. That's definitely a big perk to getting into it. Yes, and I'd like to put on the record, I'm also an adopted uh, Sam Strong member, for anyone who is wondering. Yep, but that was, that was great. Uh, speaking of Sam, so this question was influenced by Sam. You mentioned that we had a little group chat, but yes, that's originally where, this is originally where I got this question from. So do you guys feel motivated when you see elite lifters on Instagram? And along with that, has that ever discouraged you? ever seen an elite level lifter on Instagram. And specifically more talking about female powerlifters, not just like all lifters. So I'm gonna, let's start with Winnie for this one. Yeah, this is a very good question and something I've thought a lot about. Um, I think the answer is it depends. And I think that there are times in the past when I've been very motivated by seeing what other people are doing, what is possible for women what is possible for women across the age span, um, just how strong people can be. I've definitely been inspired. I have also been discouraged. <laughs> I have also compared myself to people and just said, you know, it's never going to be me. And, um, you know, and I've gotten demotivated by that. But I think I've come to a place where I don't feel any sort of way when I look at what other people are doing now. Um, I am pretty emotionally detached from what other people are doing. I think it's really cool to see people achieve, um, you know, big numbers. I think that it's not all that the sport is about though, and certainly not for me. Um, I really just try and focus on myself <clears throat> now and, you know, what I'm doing and not be attached to numbers either. You know, I, I had a lot of attachment to numbers for a while and, you know, goals and outcomes and uh, just a little bit too much attachment that that was healthy for me. It just, it started to detract from my enjoyment, started to actually detract from my performance. Um, I, I am, I have a lot of anxiety personally and, and performance anxiety is something I deal with when meets come up. And I've noticed that the more I try to attach to, you know, numbers, it, it, it doesn't make me do better. It makes me do worse. 
So, um, you know, trying to detach from the numbers that I hit and other people, other people, is just a better approach for me. And I personally don't spend that much time on Instagram. It's not, uh, and especially this year, I've tried to spend less. So I, I often don't notice what other people are doing anymore. Um, I mean, I think, well, it'd be a lie to say, I don't know if people are, you know, like I certainly, I listen to the podcast and I, I definitely have an involvement in paying attention, but I don't look at people's elite level con, you know, people, elite powerlifters content too much to, to know, you know, everything that they're doing. Okay. Maria, same, so I'm going to repeat the question. So has <laughs> watching elite female powerlifters on Instagram been encouraging for you has it ever discouraged you both um when I first started focusing on strength and powerlifting training it excited me I I mean I would follow all the big names and I would I would get so excited um like Winnie mentioned like oh women this is what women have the potential to do. And uh, that's me. Um, and then at the same time, I would also stay in my lane, like, well, you're 50, whatever, you know, <laughs> you've only been training this long, you are this, you know, much overweight, you know, I'd, I'd say all those things to myself. But it was still very motivating. And then as I, um, I first started competing, or thinking about competing, I should say, I, I actually had to mute some, some people because it would make me feel bad. You know, it would, it would defeat, I would feel defeated. Like, oh, I'll never be able to hit that. Um, and most recently, and I am on Instagram. I think we all, I mean, anybody who's on Instagram knows, I'm probably on Instagram more than my kids are on Instagram. It's ridiculous. Um, but I, I really enjoy watching everybody learn along with me. So that's motivating. I enjoy education from elite lifters. I don't necessarily pay attention anymore to, you know, oh, this total and that total. But what I, what I do pay attention to is women in my division and women in my age group. I pay attention to them because I want to, I want to be as strong. Um, and this is what I was saying earlier is I had this sense of competitiveness. I don't even know what to do with it, but I'm, I'm starting to now look at people's totals and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to chip away at this, my total. And maybe I can get ahead of that total. And, you know, I just started thinking like this. So in that way, it's motivating. But when I watched the Arnold's, that was a bad move. Because after that, I'm like, I suck. I can't do this. Who am I kidding? Who am I kidding? Look at these women. They are my age and they are next level. That will never be me. Um, so it does both to me. But I, I really like what you just said, Winnie. You have to emotionally detach from that and recognize. I have to recognize who I am. What am I capable of doing? You know, so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that, as you know. <laughs> yes, as I've I mentioned in our check-ins, I'm a complete fraud. <laughs> <laughs> 
you you still come a long way you come a very long way and i will and also I, say like you said you start focusing more on your total and not just scrutinizing each lift which has been really helpful for you so yes, i've loved that <laughs> right that that helps me personally exactly and then we end it i cannot think about what somebody else is doing and what somebody else is doing or it will affect my performance all that everything you said Winnie. everything you said <laughs> All right, Amy, so same thing for you. Do you feel motivated when you see elite lifters on IG and has it ever discouraged you? Um, I've always looked at those lifters as if they, uh, let me phrase this differently. <laughs> um, I love watching the elite lifters and learning from them, especially the women in my division but I don't feel any type of way about them. Like what they lift does not impact my life because I don't compete with them. I'm not, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to qualify to go to the Arnold, but let's be real. I'm not competing to win. I am just flabbergasted and elated that I get to go. Um, and I would go even if I didn't qualify cause it's a rip roaring good time. Um, <laughs> But it, from, in my opinion, it's self-sabotaging to compare their lifts to mine. Um, you know, to be an elite anything, you're playing with a loaded deck that some of us weren't born with. Like, genetics is a factor. It is not the factor. It is a factor. Um, and I wasn't born to be an elite level power lifter so aspiring to be one is in my opinion self-sabotaging but i love that, like um maria was saying i love the educational content that is really motivating and inspiring like anytime like especially sam because she's my coach anytime she's on a trip posting a lot of content about something in particular it always inspires me and motivates me in that particular way so does it motivate or discourage me? Uh, yes and no. Okay, it's funny. So my next question leads right into this. Um, so what what do you think female powerlifters, specifically the ones who post informative content, are doing well? Well, let's just start with that. We think they're doing well. But really quick, what I also want to say is one thing I think, so obviously me and you're close with Sam me and Amy are close with Sam and like whenever she posts because she doesn't post a ton like I post every day because she doesn't post a ton when she posts everyone's listening and she's also someone who doesn't like to talk too much which I love because I can talk a lot I can do a whole story about my cat and it's 30 stories long and you're like Solana's here like what <laughs> what but like she doesn't talk a lot so when she talks you're listening and all of a sudden you're super into hearing what she has to say I think that is something that is so fascinating like part of me is like should I post less but the algorithm <laughs> I'm yeah. definitely overthinking it but yes anywho what do you think female politics who post informative content are doing well uh yeah let's go with Amy we'll go backwards um I was gonna say what do they what do they do well is post educational content um specifically beyond that um i think when i started powerlifting for one thing there wasn't a lot of high quality accurate educational content in the first place so i'm glad that there is plenty of that available now 
Um, and I would say within the last couple years, there's been a push to um, uh, embrace new ideas as far as like, what is optimal? Y'all, optimal doesn't exist. It is a constantly moving target. Um, whereas, I mean, probably three years ago or maybe even today, you could find some educational content posted by someone that said, this is the optimal way. This is the optimal way. Um, whereas nowadays, some of those narratives are being challenged. There, you know, there, there might be more efficient and less efficient movement patterns, but like, what is the optimal way it may or may not even exist. And even if it does, it's going to change because the lifter you are now is not going to be the same human that you will be in two years. So what's optimal for you now won't be optimal for you then. So things like that, where traditional powerlifting narratives are being challenged and refined, I think is something I've seen happening more lately. And I, I think that's really cool. I like that a lot. Oh, I like that. That is so true. I'm going to stay with you real quick. Is there anything you wish you saw more of? I'm going to be a hypocrite when I answer this question. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, if I'm being honest and very hypocritical, what I'd love to see more of, especially from the elite lifters, show us the bad days. Show us the day you get stapled. And I feel bad because if I get stapled under a bar, the likelihood it goes up on Instagram is pretty small. <laughs> um, but I say that because while uh, since I'm part of such a tight-knit team, such a familial team, when I see a teammate, um, you know, tearing themselves apart, tearing themselves down because they got stapled under their bench press that day, and thinking that they're worthless and they're a failure and they've let their coach down, all these negative things. When I see a teammate feeling that because I'm close with them, I feel it too. And I'm like, this is, this is not a good feeling. This is, if only they realize that this happens to the elite lifters too. Like, but they think they've failed because they don't see that on a regular basis they don't realize that failure is part of trying really hard i mean hopefully it doesn't happen very often and we make wise choices and try not to overshoot our rps but every once in a while things just don't go according to plan even if the plan was a good one um and nobody wants to post that <laughs> so it's it's hard for it's hard for people to maintain that perspective like it's okay do better next time. Not every day is going to be like this. I like it. Okay, Winnie. So what do you think female powerlifters who post informative content are doing well? <clears throat> um, so like I said, I don't, I don't, um, I think uh, at this point in time, I follow Instagram content a lot less than I maybe did in the past. So I possibly can't speak to what's like happening in this moment in time, but I do see stuff like Sam posts and, and I do actually very much resonate with a lot of the stuff that she posts. Cause I think 
well, Amy, you were saying you wish you saw more of the bad days, but like, I don't know, something that really resonated with me in particular was like when Sam posted about how like in her training up to the Arnold, like she did not hit the, her dead, like she didn't, she like failed the deadlift leading into um, the Arnold, like in one of her last training sessions or something. I might be getting this wrong and correct me if I am, but then she went on to have this incredible meet and I think it's really useful for someone like me to see like, hey, like you might not, everything might not go according to plan, like your plan. You might not have the best meat prep ever. You can still have a really good meat. This has been a really big lesson for me, like, cause I think I often just get hampered by like, if I start to see one thing going wrong for myself, I think everything is going to go wrong. And I, when I see elite lifters share things like that, like, hey, it doesn't always go right for me either. That is really useful for me. Um, it, I, like Amy, though, I feel a little bit hypocritical because I am not someone to share my bad days or my bad times on Instagram. I'm like vague, vague, I say vague things when things aren't going well for me, but I'm not, I, I don't post everything about myself and I don't post a training log and I don't post informational content about powerlifting. A lot of what I post on Instagram is about my other hobby, which is photography. Um, and I post stuff about my animals, but, uh, you know, as far as the content that I consume, that's powerlifting related. Um, yeah, I like to see the ups and downs. <laughs> I like to see that. Um, I like to see lifting in the context of people's life. And like, I love seeing stuff about, you know, like, I think it's really cool that Meg's, Meg of Meg squats had a baby and, you know, just seeing the consistency after that, um, just a lot of Meg, Meg Scanlon, you know, having twins and then just seeing how people make powerlifting part of their life. Women, I think is a very different experience than men because of things like having babies and having children and having responsibilities that are a bit different. Um, and the way that we can make powerlifting part of life when I see that other, that lifters, you know, maybe aren't just posting about lifting too. It's lifting in life for me that resonates, you know, and that's, that's what I like. Um, did that answer the question? I'm so bad about that. No, you're good. That answers the question, right? Any- no, you're good. I was going to ask there anything you wish you saw more of, but I think you did kind of answer that with <laughs> similar to what Amy said, seeing more of the ups and downs. Is there anything else? If not, it's totally fine. No, I mean, I, I think, um, I think I just know, like, I know where to go to sometimes, like who to get what I need from. I think I've learned over time. Like, I think there's a lot of elite level lifters who are very young, who, while it's cool to watch their journey, I don't necessarily resonate with them because they're half my age, haven't had, like, I don't have the same experience as them. And so, um, you know, their informational content might not speak to me, but that doesn't mean it's not good content. It just doesn't speak to me. And for me, it's like, I gravitate towards the people who've been in the sport for a while, who are older, maybe who have, you know, who, who are more like me, have kids or have, have uh, other stuff going on. And so for me, that just, that's more the community I seek, but that's, everybody's different, you know, and that doesn't mean I don't get something out of your content, Solana, because I do. And I I think there's a lot of people who sometimes I'll just pick up a cue from some, you know, that I just, or a tip that I maybe haven't heard in a while or haven't heard before from a young person. And I think that's, that's really 
cool when I can just see something on Instagram and be like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try that, you know, and then be like, whoa, that changed something for me. So, you know, I, I love that there are people working to put, and sometimes I think, I don't know, you can speak to it, Solana, because you do it, but sometimes maybe you feel like, oh, I'm saying the same thing over and over. You know, a lot of coaching is, re- is repeating the same thing over and over. Um, but when you know that uh, somebody new might see it that day who didn't see you say it before, I think that's really important to keep in mind. And also sometimes people need to see something a number of times before they internalize it and understand what it means. So I think it's really good that there's those of you who are posting a lot of content and, um, you know, it is going to resonate with someone. I think it's cool. Yes, I'm going to get to Maria in a second, but I will say I fully agree. I have a business coach and we, she has to keep reminding me that it's okay that I say the same thing and make it slightly different and post it like 35 times because I have learned, I still get DMs like, oh, I never knew this. I'm like, you didn't know, like, you, like when you brace, like you have to like push inside your belt, like, like the belt's there to help you brace. Like in my mind, that's what I'm thinking. But I'm also like, wait, no, like she's a newer lifter and she doesn't know. She didn't, she thought the belt was there because it's cute and it's red. And like, maybe, Honestly, maybe she thought you just put it on for fun. Maybe she thought the I, belt does the bracing for you. Like, so I'm, I'm still trying. I still have stuff that I'm figuring out about breathing, bracing still to this day. I have stuff that I'm trying to refine with like my deadlift in particular. So I really like seeing, you know, uh, people speak to different ways to think about things like that. It helps me um, to sometimes I'll just be like, wait, I, I, maybe I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> I mean, there's a danger in that too, which is that, you know, sometimes I go down a rabbit hole and I try to fix something that wasn't broken in the first place. So yes. <laughs> that's the other side of it. You're right. It's totally like you have to balance it out. Maria, is there, what do you think elite female powerlifters are doing well with content? And then what do you wish you saw more of? Just piggybacking on what everyone said, their education. I love, I love when there's a post with cues. Just mention a cue. I, I love to pick up a cue or try a cue if it's something I'm struggling with. Right. It, it is tempting to start messing with what's not broken, but I don't do that too much anymore. But I do enjoy those kinds of things. And I, I really love watching people who know what they're doing lift well. I mean, I really have an appreciation. I'm a form junkie. I'm the, uh, the overthinker analysis person <laughs> too. Um, and I love that. I mean, that just trips my trigger watching form videos. <laughs> um, I, the other thing, what I think I'd like to see more of and who does it well is, um, her name, Dr. Ash. Please tell me her name just left. Ash Contorno. Thank you. Oh my God. Veggie Lifter. But the Veggie Lifter. I love okay. her. <laughs> <laughs> I she 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 talks about things people are thinking but don't talk about. She does it. She's done it a long time. I yes. love that. That's what I want to see more of. Humanity. I want to see more humanity. Um, and I love. She's often very funny. Like, I love that. Like, she doesn't really take, she takes herself seriously, don't get me wrong, but she doesn't take herself so seriously. I, she's just like the perfect balance. She's my favorite person. I don't even know her. Um, she's my favorite online, whatever you call it, Instagram account. Um, 
so yeah i that i'd like to see more humanity in in the uh educational lifter people's accounts I love her too. So <laughs> that totally makes sense to me. No, really. Like when I, before I was making informational content, I was following her because she's been around for so long. So yeah. I love that you're also following her. Kind of like, I yeah, you're right. Like she's like, no, G. Like <laughs> she's just so real. That's, she's very honest. She's real. She, even her educational stuff is very relatable under, like, you know, I'm sure she could explain it with her doctorate level brain but she um, explains it for my chubby mom brain. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, that's so true, dude. I yeah. fully agree. If I had to answer the question, I would say, and this has been shifting very well, that people who are trying super hard to, hard to sound smart need to just yeah. make it like dumb it down. Like even, I don't care. Like I have a bachelor's in exercise science and I've done a bunch of certifications, blah, 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 blah. And I still, I will not understand if you give me words that are seven syllables, I don't know what she meant. So mm-hmm. I, but I did, I have seen a massive shift where people are dumbing it. You say dumbing it down. It's just, you're talking like a normal person. So that right. is definitely a huge thing that I've been appreciating and what I also try to do. Okay, what do you wish you knew when you were new to powerlifting that you know now? It doesn't have to be anything deep. It can be like something real quick, like something small. Like, I wish I, I don't know. I wish I knew that a belt was not just to look cute. I wish I knew it was to actually help by bracing. <laughs> like, I can say that one for me. I, I didn't understand the belt at all. I got the belt really early and I was like, cool. And now it braces for me. It braces for me. Like, just like to say, you put it on, and you just go. So that's what I would say for me. I wish I had known you have to breathe into the belts and that's going to be very helpful. Um, I'm going to start with Amy. Go ahead. Um, I have one quick short one and I, I did have a deeper thought related to this question or maybe not deeper. I'm not a deep person. Um, <laughs> a, a grander thought. Um, the quick and the easy one that I wish I had knew, known when I was when I started that maybe I did and just ignored um broing out will get you injured chronically overshooting your rp should be a rare occurrence not a regular occurrence and yeah i was i was so excited about lifting and getting stronger when i started that i chronically would overshoot my rp um or i would lie about my rps <laughs> not, i mean only semi-consciously but if i'm being honest i probably knew i was doing it um, and I can promise you, Sam probably told me a half dozen times, you know, and then eventually she's like, Amy's just going to have to learn this lesson the hard way. And she did three times before she, she realized you need to stay in the pocket or you're going to keep getting hurt. Um, so that's the, that's the, the smaller one. Um, the other one that took a long time to learn is that one day doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things and that day could be a great training day it could be a bad training day it's one training day mm-hmm. out of many um and even a bad meet a bad meet doesn't have to be as significant and be as demoralizing as sometimes people make it if 
you learn from it and you improve from it and you have seven, eight, 10, 15 more meets that are all better, you're going to forget all about that one ever happening. Um, and if I can contradict myself just a little bit with that last statement, I actually think a great meet does matter. Because if it's a really great meet, you'll remember that one forever. For me, that was nationals last year when like, I had a great day. Like My body gave me all the things that I was really hoping it would give me that day. And I got to hang out with like Solana and Meg Scanlon and Sam and Jen Milliken and Chrissy Max Power. Like we were all just at the bar after this meet. And it was it was a really magical, magical meet that I will never forget. Um, but yeah, those are those are some things that I wish I'd known when I started. That's when we became friends. Okay. So <laughs> 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 there you go boom sisters all right Winnie same thing what do you wish you knew when you first start lifting that you not know yeah I mean I think piggyback uh, piggybacking off what Amy said just you know the importance of consistency and also that more is not necessarily better that's a good one. um for me as an older person I think um when I started, I was like, okay, well, you just have to do this like as much as possible. And I would train like six days a week um, and really not give myself any opportunity for rest and recovery. And, and I did not really understand the value um, that very important thing has happened during your days off um, and that you need the days off to be able to realize what you have invested in in the days when you train. And I've gone from training six days a week to training like three. Uh, and that works really well for me. Um, I love my, I love having a day in between lifting. Like I plan, you know, and it's taken me a long time to get a schedule that really works for me and my lifestyle and things have changed too over these years. Like right now I'm dealing with menopausal hot flashes and, I, my sleep is terrible a lot of the time, but knowing that, uh, you know, okay, if you can't train today, you can do it tomorrow. Like I can make shifts in the training based on what's happening for me. And what I think when I trained like five or six days a week and I forced myself to do that, there was no opportunity to like have it, you know, be like, okay, well, if you don't do it today, you can do it. It was always like a very stressful event to kind of work around, you know, problems with sleep and stuff like that. So I think I've just tried to be become very much more efficient about, you know, what I do when and worked with my coach for a long time to refine like the amount of training that I actually need to make progress. And it's not as much as I thought in terms of days put in, because I think I used to put a lot of days in, but I wasn't being really intentional about the training and it was not getting as much out of it. Um, because it was just like, I just thought, okay, you put in, you're putting in the time in the gym, but it wasn't, I wasn't realizing the benefits because I didn't have enough time out of the gym. If that makes sense. That does make sense. That is a good one. Maria, what do you wish you knew when you first start lifting that you now know? Plate loading. How to plate load properly. <laughs> hey, what's that mean? The, the way I the plate face. plates like such a doofus. <laughs> I didn't know how to load the plates properly. Like I didn't know if they faced in or out. If you know, you wanted to add five more 
pounds or whatever, um, or, you know, the plates would be uneven, silly things like that. Like, really, that was, I didn't know how to load the plates properly. So I think that's, if someone says, can I show you, let them show you. They're not trying to be a know-it-all. Let them show you, let them help you. <laughs> um, the other thing is that belts and squat shoes and those things, they're okay. They're okay to use. Um, there was a bit of an environment of, I'm trying to say this. I experienced a little bit of a, oh, you're using a belt um, commentary. You know, I've, I've heard that. Um, and you, you can even see it sometimes people post, I did this beltless, like that's better. Like belts and shoes and those things, like you taught me that Solana. It's okay, you're, you're powerlifting. The point is to use the available, and you're competing. So use the available tools that you can use to lift the most that you can lift. It's not that big of a deal. It's, that's a big thing for me. That was a big thing. For me to be okay with using all that equipment, it didn't mean I was being extra meatheadish. I was really just trying to use the tools available to me in my sport. And um, recovery, it's a big one. Like you mentioned, Winnie, recovery is, I wish I knew how important it was when I started. And the community, I wish I knew about that because that would have sucked a lot of the anxiety away from, should I compete? Should I not compete? This community is so incredibly supportive. I mean, I've only been to two competitions, but the, I've, I've been the oldest at both. And the one, I was the super oldest. And did you see, if you look at that, post there's young the young men behind me doing that I'm like look at these guys they're cheering for me I was cheering for them I just I love the community and I wish I knew that I would have competed sooner if I knew it and lastly the most important thing no one gives a crap how much you weigh no one cares about what you look like in a singlet I really stressed over that and that held me back from a lot of things in the gym thinking people cared about what I look like or, you know, physically, like how fat I was or whatever. <laughs> no one cares, especially at meets. No one cares. They're all just so excited that you're rising to the challenge on the bar set in front of you on the platform. That is what people should know right there. Amen. No one cares anything about anything else. Oh my God. I love, so I just got one more question for y'all, but really quick about plate loading. Let me tell y'all how I learned how to load plates. So I must've been four, three, at least, if not four years in the powerlifting. Okay. So my, I'm almost, I'm pushing seven and a half. So I'm at Kim Walford's house. I'm friends with Kim Walford. You probably know who she is. And I'm loading plates for someone else who's about to do her lift and she's going to record it. It's not Kim. It's someone else who's there. And so I didn't know it mattered which way the place face. Like I always use pounds because I didn't have a powerlifting gym near me. Now they're everywhere. There was not one near me. So I use pounds. So I load them all wrong. You know, like the yellow's facing nail on the outside, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like even the KG thing was like facing the wrong way. Like I screwed it wrong. And this girl does her lift. And she's about to start the lift and Kim looks at the side and she makes a face. And I'm like, why does she make that face? And the girl does her lift and she's like, like she, like Kim's face was like, oh my God, 
Like, and I'm like, why is she making that face? And then she stopped, the girl finishes the list. And Kim goes, look at the plates. And they both just looked at me and they were like, okay, here's how you load them. I never messed it up again. <laughs> I never messed it up again. I was like, oh my God, I just put shame all over this lift. This girl, she posted the lift and this person literally commented, don't excuse the place. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll watch know. one of my videos. Tag me. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. So now, like, if I have, like, look, I have a fix lifter, this I'll... right now. But I say, I say, I'm like, hey, just so you know, in case you're curious, you want to know how to do it right. <laughs> so you don't end up on Instagram embarrassing yourself by accident. Because no one knew. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I learned that. All right, y'all. Last question, and then we are out of here. So I'm going to start, Maria. How has your expectations of yourself changed from when you first started lifting to now? So when I first started lifting, honestly, I didn't expect much. My expectations were very low because I, I told myself I'm in my fifties. I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't have a lot of experience. I really expected that my age would top me out in strength. And just the fact that I had deadlifted 250 pounds once, I'm like, well, that's, that was it. <laughs> I'm good. That's it. So I really did expect that I would have this topping out of strength because of my age. They've changed incredibly. One, because I see a lot of other women my age keep going, older than me, keep going. Linda Franklin, if you don't know her, crazy oh, stuff crazy strong and just keep getting stronger. Crazy. So that's what I expect of myself now. I, I expect to keep rising and just keep going. There's, I fully expect, um, I want to be like elite. I love <laughs> they, see, it's that ego and competitiveness. I'm always trying to balance it. Always hey. trying to balance it's not egotistical to say that, in my opinion. All right, Winnie, um, have your expectations of yourself changed from when you first started lifting, powerlifting, to now? So oddly enough, um, when I first started lifting, I could do a lot more than I, I thought was like reasonable for a new person right away. And so I think initially I thought I was going to make this like huge progress. Like right away, I was going to be hitting like crazy numbers within like the first year. And I think I quickly learned that, uh, while I had some initial, like very encouraging numbers before I even started competing, what I learned is that <laughs> I was not going to continue in that trajectory. Um, like I think I did. Okay. I'm, I'm a 52 kilo lifter. So I'm sm pretty small person. I think I deadlifted like 200 pounds, one of the first times I ever deadlifted. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so strong. I'm going to be deadlifting 300 in no time. Just give me a little time here. Well, it took me another like freaking six years to, to lift 300 pounds, you know? So I think I, I, my expectations have changed just to expect much more reasonable, like pretty slow progress, but that it's still progress. And for me, like if I'm putting two and a half kilos um, on my total, like meat to meat, like I'm okay with that. And also like some meats, I'm not going to put anything on my total. Like I might see, 
an increase on my deadlift, but my squat might not be, I might not hit my top spot that day. And I just have changed the attachment to the numbers again, like I said before, um, and just focus less on like, uh, oh, you have to make number improvements. And I find different ways to, to realize improvements and to win my training every day, instead of thinking you got to win a meet or, you know, that success is, is only about, you know, your total increasing X amount or you suck. <laughs> yeah. So I've just changed the way I look at it. And, um, it, it's easier for me to find success in a, in a lot of places. Um, and some of it, sometimes it's just about the fact that I continue to show up after all this time and that's good enough some days, you know, that, uh, that I haven't quit. <laughs> um, this is the first thing I've been involved in that in my life that I've continued to do for this long, you know, and I don't have any desire to stop. So I know maybe I'll do it another eight years or 16 years or whatever. Um, and that, and that to me is like, that's, that's just, okay. I'm consistent with something and that feels good. Love it. Amy. All right. How have your expectations of yourself changed from when you first start lifting to now? Um, some of which Winnie has already said, I used to expect, um, a certain amount of progress, at least consistent or constant progress. And as we know, that is fluctuates over time and tends to slow down the longer you train. Um, I used to expect PRs, um, at a meet. I used to expect, uh, in training a certain weight to move well, like, oh, this is going to fly. I expect it to fly. Um, now, I have fewer expectations in general. Um, and the ones that I do have, I have learned to manage much better. Um, so I try to approach not only my training days, but meet days, training days, mesocycles, macro cycles, all of it. I try to approach all of it with objectivity and curiosity. And that is really hard and I don't always succeed, but I try. Um, so, you know, if you're approaching a training day with trying to answer a question for yourself, what is my body capable of this day? Um, rather than I expect my body to be capable of something this day, um, you're just, you're setting yourself up for potentially less disappointment or maybe a pleasant surprise. Um, I found that that has been a helpful shift in my mindset. Um, I, it took me a very long time to develop this mindset and it was heavily influenced by my coach, Sam. Um, she's a great example of it. She's also posted content related to managing expectations. Um, and having gone through some failed instances where I have poorly managed my expectations and then felt really disappointed by the result. In addition to Sam's influence, those two things combined finally gave me that aha moment. Um, so yeah, now when people ask me, oh, are you excited about the meat? I'm like, um, I'm curious about the meat. Love that. <laughs> but for, for <laughs> me personally, to be excited about the meat would mean well, I have these numbers and I expect to hit them. And that's really exciting. That would, that's what that would mean for me personally. Um, so, so yeah, now, now my expectations are fewer 
and better managed. Um, they have nothing to do with numbers at all. More just my body and what 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 it has in it that given day. I love that so much because something I talked about after my last meet, like I've been preaching this forever. I'm like, you know, you may not hit your best numbers ever on competition day, and that's okay. Take what a day gives you. And I didn't listen to myself until the last meet. So seven years of not listening to what I said. It's hard. And my meet at the Arnold was the first time I ever just said, you know what? I feel like I can hit this. So I'm going to go with this. I hit every number I hit. It, it ends up being a PR, which doesn't ever really happen for me that I hit all PRs. But it, they were all lower numbers than I intended to hit still. And I was so okay with it on meet day. And because I allowed myself to do that, I finally had an excellent meet for the first time in like three years. Three years. Three years of not improving my deadlift at all. And you I mean, were so happy. I was, I got a two and a half kilo PR on my deadlift for the first time in three years. And I could not be happier <laughs> about that. So that would be what I would say. Like, it's easy to say, oh, you may not do, you know, the best ever on meet day, but just see what you can get. But actually listen to that advice. Like actually do what your body can handle and be honest with yourself. And you're just going to be so much happier. <laughs> so that's this a was so one. good for me to hear. Thank you. Oh, yep, girl, yep. <laughs> I'm happy that I helped you out. Um, guys, thank you so much. I want everyone to know where they can find you. Amy, where can they find you on social I, media? I am Pull Sumo Taste the Rainbow um, on social media. I'm Team Samstrong. I am a coach. If you want to join the team, reach out to Sam Calhoun or to me and we will get that ball rolling. Uh, thanks so much for having me on the podcast, Alana. I love your podcast, so getting to be on it was pretty cool. Very exciting. Yay, thank you for coming. Winnie, how can everybody find you and offer your services? Uh, yeah, I am also on at, uh, on Instagram at winnie.abramson, and there's a link there to my coaching website. And uh, But just, yeah anybody can send me a message or anything. And um, this has been a, a real pleasure. So Lana, I, I was really um, super honored that you asked me on and this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for coming. And Maria, where can they find you on Instagram? I'm at chubby mom lips. That's it for me. I mean, I do on, uh, I don't do online coaching. I do real person coaching. So you would have to call me. <laughs> where at? Um, what? Where? Are you? Like, what gym are you at? And what oh, state oh. you in? And <laughs> I'm at Lansdale, Woo <laughs> PA. Um, I've learned so much today from all of you. Thank you, thank you so much. Being newer and listening to the experience—I mean, that's that's how we learn a lot of times. That's how I learn. So, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you all for coming on, and y'all, I'll catch you next time on the Power and Lifting Podcast.